Welcome to the CEO Stylist Podcast, where two unlikely CEOs come together and rewrite the narrative of what it means to be a CEO stylist. Yavanka Loria and Kirsten Harris are on a mission, giving stylists permission to join the movement of artists breaking the mold of what is meant to be for the hair industry and creating the life and schedule of their dreams. Fast forward through many failed attempts and lessons learned in the process, it's time to level up the playing field. It's time to call BS on what's been done before. Yavanka and Kirsten are ready to share it all, defying the odds of the industry and teaching you how to do the same. Welcome back. We are here with another recording for you this week. And can I just say, I'm going to give ourselves a big pat on the back, yo, because our commitment to each other and to our audience was to show up every week and record and here we are. And but who would have ever thought two years ago when we started, you know, putting this together did we un- we definitely underestimated the work involved <laughs> we, we really did we need to do a podcast on that in itself um but it is it's a beast in itself and it's a whole nother full-time job but we've got the best support team and we're still figuring out how to do everything in the editing and everything that goes involved but we're committed to showing up and we're really committed to keep sharing and adding some value. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, before I, I'm, I was just about, I was reflecting on something else when you were speaking going, I think your office team are far more um, well-behaved than what my four-legged office team are today. So <laughs> this is a, I guess this is all the glory of recording from our offices when knocks on the door and phone calls and cats meow and dogs bark. So we're keeping it real. Part of what we said, we're going to keep it real. And to be fair, you know, behind the scenes as well with me, the last month has probably been one of the toughest month that I probably haven't even shared on social media. We've just had so much happen, nothing bad work-wise. It's more personal in the last month with sickness in the family and hospital and staff getting sick and more hospital and, oh, my God, what a nightmare it's been. So I said last week if I didn't end up in a straitjacket, I think we're good. So it's part Who of are you for showing up, hey? Really realizing that's right. That's what we're here to do. We're here to show up. Even if we're a few minutes late, we're, we made a commitment. <laughs> so we're here. And what better person to do with than you? Thank you. I love, I love being on screen with you too. Now, I'm super excited about today's chat Same. because it's one that we are both really passionate about. Uh, it's one that we speak about often. Um, and it's one that I think is really relevant to our audience, particularly going into the busiest time of year. I mean, it's, you know, Christmas is not unfamiliar to a service-based business, but for our listeners out there that, uh, we hope that you get, take something away from today's topic, which is drum roll. I know it's a bit of a boring one, but it's really important. We're going to set some groundwork and we hope we're going to make this as fun as possible for a primarily a bland topic, but we're talking about salon policies and procedures. Salon, And it was so funny because even yesterday, one of our OG clients has been with us for five years. She's now a mum and she's now started her own um, eyebrow, eyebrow business. And even yesterday she was in the chair. She's like, yo, can I ask you something? I'm like, sure. She's like, what do you do with salon policies? And she gave me a scenario and I was like, funny, you should say that. I said, tomorrow we are actually shooting a podcast on this topic. So um, it's it's great to start breaking it down. I know this is such also a wide topic because for me, 
Um, you know, I've been that artist, so it comes from you come from that business point where it was ne- it was so cut and dry for you, salon policies. Yes. But coming yes. from me, so I think we both, again, have very different takes on it. And I really just want to emphasise something as well because I was listening to our podcast, one of our first podcasts the other day, and you, you specifically asked, what do you think it is that hairdressers have such, um, you know, that that connotation that they're not respected or they're not valued and I think this is really a big part of why they're not valued yeah this this extends on from pricing doesn't it it's the rules of the game you want to come into my business it's the rules of the game and taking your business seriously and once you take your business seriously other Mm. people will start to take your business seriously and then you'll be able to attract the right clients because yeah. once we break it down, because we're going to go into the why and then the how, but I think once we break it down, if I can just elaborate on the why, so we'll just start breaking it down, you know, to more like emotional discounting. I think that falls under a category in itself, but then also being able to implement policies and really asking, you know, artists, where does it come from? Because I hear it all the time. They're so scared. It comes from, does it come from, you know, fear or does it come? I hear it all the time, but I love my clients. They've been my clients for 20 years. I hear that very often and it's, you know, lack of confidence, not having communicated it correctly. Are you apologising for it? Is it, you know, are we struggling with self-esteem and self-worth? It really is a self-sabotage. It's an unconscious need that's, you know, winning over the goal of what you're actually trying to achieve in your business. So we're going to cover off today policies in terms of cancellation, no-shows, basic, uh, you know. Understanding of it. Well, also when they're in the chair, you know, the consultation process, uh, waivers, I want to talk about that. I know that that comes up I'm, um, and we might have a difference of opinion. I think I've just thrown that one in there, by the way. I know. I'm then we're going to talk about, you met, you were just framing before around discounts, salon discounts, client discounts, family and friends, all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I think that the, you know, salon owners, they, they uh, share the weight of that. You know, and I know it's one with my clients that comes up around how do you manage family and friends in a salon environment as well it's always that obligation Mm -hmm. over need um so yeah let's cover it off so where do you want to kick it off first well I think like if I can just make a note of it because like emotional discounting thinking of because we work with in our community I work with a lot of solo uh, solo operators yes I also work with a lot of salon owners so just to break it down just to start I think also if you know, so salon owners understand, you know, their numbers. And, you know, now you were even showing me, which I didn't even know, even in Forest, there's actual reporting where you can actually go in there and print off reporting on what you're actually losing in um, no discounts. No show. No show yeah. and discounts. No and discounts. Most point of sale systems will have a report, which is why, let, sorry to cut you off, but because I, I just wanted to interject to frame this. When a client is booked in the salon, and you either change the service, they no-show, or uh, they're rescheduling. There's a reason why the point-of-sale system triggers a reason for making a change to that. It's for reporting purposes. Mm. So so it could be a change of service, like they're sitting in the chair, but suddenly you're going to change it, either up or down, right, if you're going to reschedule them, if you're going to no-show. So it's not they're not, not doing it to be complete pains in the ass. They do it so you can rely on that reporting down the track so discounts are exactly the same thing why is that discount being in place and it I find it 
astounding that so many businesses don't have that shit locked down where literally anyone can go in and change a price on the day of service without reason. So go back to what you're saying. So yeah, you've discovered these reports in Forest. And I always knew it because we got figures. We we got our figures in a different way, in a different capacity. Yeah. But, you know, if you're a solo operator and you, you just discount, you emotionally discount, you're losing like it could be like $20,000 a year. Not to mention when I started to have a team and I started to employ a team, if we had, you know, three or five cancellations that we didn't enforce our policy in, you're looking at like over sixty, seventy, eighty thousand a year in loss of business. Yeah. Scary. So once you once I understood that concept, again, we speak about the emotion of stylus. I think we always come from that place of, you know, like I said, fear. And here's the thing, knowledge and confidence is really a byproduct of how vulnerable and what courage you can show up to speak about what you're mm. doing. And I always say it's not about over explaining, but it's really having that conversation with existing clients so that they understand. And I think with me, when I first started tapping into email marketing, I was able to really put my thoughts out and really explain um, in, a, in, a, in a way without having to feel like you were over explaining or having to over justify. It really is laying out the facts. And I think that's the first part of having that respect for that client. And then also being able to feel like you can implement the policies to protect yourself and your business. And you're not doing this against them. You're really doing it for them. And once you open up that dialogue, once you start putting it down on paper and once you start seeing it, it really something clicks in your brain that it's not a personal thing, it's a business thing and why you're doing what you're doing. And if you want to remain in business, because it's not a game, like once you start investing in staff, in, you know, for us it's hair library and education, you know, Think about the stylist that's booked that day that's maybe paying for childcare, that's paying, you know, for someone to look after their kids. It really kind of blurs the line of where you're not respecting yourself. And here's what it comes down to. If you're not going to, if the clients, it's not that the clients are not respecting you, it's that you're not respecting yourself. Hmm. So no. let's bring it back to salon discounting or, or, or discounting of services. So, you know, I have a view that, um, there's nothing wrong with discounting, but don't discount for the sake of doing it for to buy business. So, for example, like a very common marketing trend, I'll call it a trend. Like it's a you know it's a it's a low key offer is new clients save fifty dollars off their first color and cut. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is salons freely giving that discount out without, without having a fair exchange of value. Yeah, that's right. So, and what I mean by that, and I, you, I know you're on the same page, is just hand over an email address. So then you can create a strategy. So I don't have a problem with that. The problem that I have is when you see salons that are mm. creating discounts beyond what they can financially manage. That's right. You run a report, and what, that's what we are encouraging our listeners to do, run a report, a discount reason like shortcuts, you know, point of sale. I don't want to specifically name brands, but, sure. you know, because I was shortcuts for so long, theirs was called a discount reason report. I don't know what it's called in Forest, but there will be a report that exists. So you can select the period of time. It'll be under your reporting, I think, that will create that what's called a discount reason report. Run it. Run and, it for a month. And can I just add to it? I really like what you said because it's so true and this is what we also teach in our education. 
discounting in the beginning when you when you want to attract a certain client, like with what we do with extensions. And when I was giving out discounts willy-nilly without setting that framework or that strategy, because it is, it has to be a fair exchange of value for people to respect it and sure. understand it. That's a whole different ballpark. But what yeah. I'm saying exactly is if it's a continued thing and you're not aware of why you're even doing it. Why and I can speak from it. experience. That was blow dry bar in the old days, like cheap services. And so, and you can, it's like, let's, let's go out of, uh, the service-based industry let's follow some of those brands that we all know now there's a couple of brands that I follow that you can pretty much guarantee on a monthly basis they will have a discount of some sort so then what happens is if you continue that routine in your business Perfect. you also create that routine with your clients or audience that's watching you they'll go I've got, you're, you're going to have a spot special coming up. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit on the fence and wait for that. And then I'll, I'll tap in on that one. Your audience then becomes trained in waiting for that deal or special. You're going to send out an SMS with an offer. Mm -hmm. You're going to um, do a discount. So you've got to really, Rely on that. <clears throat> yeah. So you've really got to break habits and routine to get out of that. I 100%. think so. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, what you're saying before, it's so good. I'm glad you're running those reports. Like it's really, it's a bit of an eye opener. It really I remember when I first started running them in blow dry bars business and it was scary to it see. Really the scary. When, you see <laughs> when you see the amount and you're like, Oh, this is why, this is why I need to do it. So no, let's sure. move into yeah, more like cancellation policies. So, yeah. <clears throat> cause I feel like we can break this topic over so what is your salon cancellation policy? First? So just, just to understand, I'll go into what our policy is. It's just our standard 24-hour. If they if they cancel within the 24 hours or out of the 24 hours, it's 50 yep. then. And then if they um don't if they cancel on the day, it's full full fee. Full fee. Yeah. Yep. Do you and have any exceptions to the rule? I do. So, and this only came out of COVID, but what I just wanted to clarify, just to, to make sure this message is strong and clear. So the way that we've operated and I've, you know, dotted all my T's and dotted all my I's, I've we've set policies in place, not just on our website. So we pre-send out a consultation form that also not only lists our extensions consultation form, but it also lists our policies and procedures and what the expectation is. And does then, every new client or every client gets this if they're having new hair in? When we swapped over, not only did we set, send out internal email marketing, and yeah. don't forget in the beginning it was, on a, it was on a lot smaller scale so I could really manage it which I did it internally through email marketing first, had the conversation with all my existing clients and I was so transparent. And that's where I talk about, you know, that's where I say that, you know, knowledge is a confidence. It's a byproduct when you're vulnerable and you have the courage to be able to say, look, this is how I was operating my business in the beginning. This is why I've had a, you know, we've, we've upped our game and I'm really setting these policies in place just to protect my business. Did you get my email? And once you have that conversation with it, it was automatically respect. No one, no one, you know, well, to my face, no one, no one objected it because the, you show up in a way that you present it and you communicate it in a way that's not fluffy. It just, it is what it is. Yeah. Whereas before, I don't think stylists really knew, and I had to do some business courses, not only business courses, but I had to start doing self-development because here's, you can have all the tools, you can have everything in place, but unless you fix that emotional blockage, you're never going to get it right. 
and it took time for me to get it. Don't get me and wrong. Were you working on your own back then? I was working. It was just me and Asha at that time. And when we, when we started, because don't forget also our, you know, our services went from two hours to four hours. Right. Like okay. That, you know, with extensions, it was a different ball game because not only I had to really, really focus on setting, you know, the extensions, making sure that we, you know, we, you know, cover everything because with extensions, you know, it also is at the end of the day, this is how long they last. But if you don't do X, Y, Z, or you don't follow the after maintenance, what you do externally can't fall back on us. Mm. So that's where it started initially. And then everything else, you know, what was happening when clients wouldn't rock up, you know, we were a little bit more easygoing. And then once I started to learn about the numbers and once we started to pull the reports, not on on obviously on the on the program, the software, by internal reports, that's where it started to make sense. And that's when I started to do the inner work and I started to realise at the end of the day that's the biggest message here that clients, because that's what we were always complaining about is that we never felt valued, we never felt respected. But you didn't set that up in the first place. We set it up. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the client's responsibility. It was our responsibility. That's why I say you have to change internally in yeah. order to see the external change, right? But what you're saying is when you first opened the doors of your salon, you did implement a a cancellation policy. Not so they in were... the beginning, no, because in the beginning when I was by myself, the way that I thought about it in the beginning when I started to take this business seriously, honestly, I used to think, oh, thank God I've got extra time on my hands. Okay, got I it. I can go do X, Y, X, Y, Z. And I know other friends that I have that, operate the same way but then they then they bitch and complain about it as well about the lost money at the other yeah. end and then yeah. that's when we said I was there I was exactly the same that's why I'm not coming from an obnoxious okay so this is really interesting because then because you I know you've got some of those clients today as well that you had in from the beginning then how so you've created this cancellation policy that's you know it's damning if they don't show up or they don't show up on the or they cancel at the last minute like it's going to cost them how then did you implement that well again because I'm very vocal about what we were doing and why we were doing it and okay so you had a conversation 100% it was nothing personal in order for me to grow my business and grow a team and once I started to also value my time I think it's also an energetic once you realize it people feel it no one questions it because you stop questioning it. You start to understand it. It only, and I always say this cancellation policy, no show policy, only becomes a problem. If it's a problem with you. No. Well, apart from that, only becomes a problem if the client doesn't show up. <clears throat> 100%. So, so from, I'm talking from a client's perspective. Like they'll only challenge it if they know in their heart. But let me tell you, you have more success. Like, and to be fair, we're going to bring up what happened last week where we had. And incident, but to be fair, in five years, we've only had two negative experiences from it because once you've communicated it and you've looked people in the eye, yeah, even now with our you know consultation process with extensions at the end of it, we always cover now. Please just remember, keep in mind one thing we have to also address since COVID, especially, is here's what we do in case of a cancellation policy we just ask you to please be mindful and let us know 24 hours beforehand. And if you do, if you cancel 24 hours, if you don't, this is what happens. So I verbally articulate it. Yeah. And we get really, really solid on it and understand it. Don't make excuses. Let them know. And like I said, up until last week, we never had an issue. Not only that, once you, you know, with all these systems and 
um, schedules, whether it's timely, even when we're using timely or forest, you can clearly state in a reminder text and pop it in the text that if you don't cancel within this time uh, time frame, fees will apply and pop what your fees are in there. So once they confirm yes, they're confirming yes to your agreement. So if there's ever an issue, you just, you don't get emotional about it. You just always refer and we've got scripts for everything. And once you have all your ducks in a row, they're never, they're really not going to challenge it. Unless honestly, like last week, there was an unhinged client that was just going through something that just was not listening, that just went into panic mode, went into meltdown mode, was not even listening to the contingency of how we were trying to find a solution. And here goes back to what you were asking um, to how we've been able to navigate. So this just came to me during COVID because you know what it was like with COVID. We had to we had to stand down. We had to just accept it. People, mm. you know, were going rampant. I feel like a lot of people in the industry, we, we had... Um, we had to really stand down and we had to waive a lot of the cancellation fees because it was such a raw, yeah. you know, heavy situation that was happening that I feel like after we had to kind of get it back on track. So here's what, this is the exception of the rule. If it's a really, really, really good client that we, once you know your clients, 98% of our clients are so solid, you know, a lot of them are in business. They understand that 98% of them don't challenge it. Um, and there are exceptions to the rule. Like for God's sakes, if someone, you know, rings up and someone's passed away or they have a funeral or something that comes up, we get it. Life gets in the way. Mm. This is why it's also case by case. Not unre- it's not unreasonable. It's a case by case. Case in that- by case to really good clients because here's what I realised. You know, in the beginning I was very much like, you know, if we have to lose a few clients that don't understand it, I still stick to that rule. But I've had, had to bend it in a way where we still pick up the phone because we have a salon coordinate coordinator so she'll call them let them know uh, just remind them of their policies and try to work work it out with them and give them the option and I love that I've come up with this and my solution was if if you're cancelling and it really is a solid reason and you can hear that they're sick or their kids have gone into hospital or something like that I feel like I had to bend a little bit but with the exception if they rebook within seven days we're happy to waiver for sure yeah and that's where I feel like it's really saved our relationship and the yeah. respect on both parts. Because it's like yeah. it's like it's, having, genuine. it's it's genuine and it's like, you know, the way that I put it down to it's like having a friend and you get ready, you go out, you spend money, you get an outfit, and then they cancel on you. I know it's happened to me when I was younger and they cancel on you on you last minute. You know, and you're gonna get upset. That relationship is probably not gonna survive unless you speak up and you say what, well, you know, set the frame. Yeah, set the frame. Set the frame and God forbid. Humanize what you're basically saying is, yeah, have the cancellation policies in place. Be rigid to a certain point, but humanize it because life does get in the way. Humanize. You're better to have something than nothing. It it took me time to tweak it and refine it in order for it to work for us. And I feel really comfortable because, like I said, 98% of our clients, they don't want to cancel. I'd rather them reschedule. Then just keep it, keep it. Clean. I think that's the interesting point. That's the key point to this, right? There's one thing to go and charge someone's credit card, which, you know, I'm in two minds about that. That can have some security risk to it as well. But I think that's the best point that you've made is if their intention was to show up for that meeting and life did get in the way, then of course they're going to book. That's right. And set the frame. Within reason. Like Within unless reason. 
dramatic has happened. They the are going to commit, to they're, they're never going to come in or something's happened and then they're just trying to get out of the, that's where you have to push back, I think. And that's where, like I go, you smell, like you smell the rat. And that's Let's what talk happened about what happened last week. week. Let's yeah. speak about what happened last week. It was the first negative review. Now, I want you to take it back to what, because we kind of didn't, we touched on it, we didn't finish it, what your salon process is from that initial email that goes out with the salon policy. Initial email, they come in, they come in. Face so they come in for a consult. So they come in for a consult straight up. Straight up. And we go over yeah. everything in detail from asking them questions to finding out their history to, you know, that's more hair extension related. But same same applies with hair extensions. That's why we don't really have, God forbid, we have negative reviews because we've had to enforce our policy if someone didn't show up. But we yeah. really, no one will find a negative review about our service of what we're doing with hair because we have this system in place let me just touch on this as well every other time it's happened with our community that it's gone haywire every time I get to the bottom of it it's because the stylist hasn't followed this process of even not even the cancellation policy even the the consult policy you know how many it filters through because you know what we're like part of what we teach over our two-day course is we have a whole section on this so if you were running a salon that was uh, a, a standard color and cut salon would you implement a consultation for a new client a hundred percent which is what we right. used to have before we changed over to extensions okay so with regardless of what the service yeah yes. yeah regardless of what the obviously with extensions it added a whole nother layer because sure. it was so you know there's well there's still risk in both but it's such a high ticket value that it just had to i felt like it had a had to have a different um procedure but still same but I like it because it's respect for both stylists and clients time even with color because you know you accept a new client online booking and you've never cited their hair you don't know what color that or what state their hair is in and you've just accepted which has a whole this is probably a whole other factor that's a whole other podcast in itself you've just like they've just booked in for an on-scout bleach I'm going to use the worst case scenario and they walk into your salon sight unseen, both sides, and they've got green hair. Or no, they've got black hair. Let's just go to the extreme. Well, so this is why we do what we do different with extensions. We, okay, never, cool. do, we never do the service on the same day. So it's never sight unseen. They're coming in. So back to what happened. Yep. So she's coming to your salon. Oh, she's so had a consult. Back to the client. Okay. So this client um, had come in. We did the consultation. She was... Um, she came with green, purple, like, and usually that's not something we do, but my girls are now a lot more experienced and we're like, we're up for the challenge and um, we're putting on a, a program. Here's what she wanted extensions eventually, but we said we couldn't do it until we get your desired colour. Here's the process. Here's what we need to do. So she had come only for an appointment only twice. Last Okay, week, so she'd been for a colour appointment because you're getting her hair ready. Yeah, correct. Hair ready. Girls did an amazing job with colour. She had rebooked her appointment last time and her appointment was last Wednesday for another colour service. So another colour. colour. And I think that would have been the last one and then we would have been able to judge. So she was preparing and planning and preparing to save for extensions. Yeah. Right? So then um, the computer system, Forrest, sent out an automated response, which it does, to confirm bookings on Monday. Mm-hmm. She confirmed yes. So, so 48 hours in advance. So 48 so, hours in advance, wow. she received the text. She, she confirmed yes. So what had happened Wednesday morning, the girl, it was either the girls or the system accidentally just booked 
her appointment, it was it was double booked by 15 minutes. It was only a 15-minute variation. So she was booked at 11 and it was booked at 10.45. Right. So the girls came in. Tegan was on holidays, our salon coordinator. Um, so the girls had called her, the client, in the morning just to double confirm which appointment she wanted and just to potentially ask her if she could come in for 15 minutes earlier. And it was already, I think, after about 10 o'clock and she missed our call, missed the call. Um, one of our girls left a voice message and also text. She just replied um, was saying, hey, is my appointment still at 11 o'clock? And Danny said, yes, I've left a voice message. Um, we're, we're just confirming because um, it's so hard to explain in messages while we're like the double booking. So yes. we said, are you able to come in 15 minutes to your appointment? She never replied back. Danny called again because now it was 11 o'clock and she still wasn't in or 10 past 11. She still wasn't at her appointment. And the, Danny had called her once and she just she just went rogue and was like, um, you're calling me. I thought you were calling me because I thought you were cancelling my appointment. Hmm. And that's initially where it started and we still didn't. It was a little bit of a red flag and we're like, you know, why would she assume that that's why we're calling? And we wrote back very politely, like, unfortunately, we're just calling. We left a voice message and a text message. Um, your appointment's at 11 o'clock. Are you still able to come down? And we didn't. And it was after 11 o'clock at this now point. Now it was pushing 11.30, 11.45. On the day that she's supposed to be there. On the day she's supposed to be there. And we just replied, like, you know, we still um, we, we still need to fill that spot for your appointment. Unfortunately, if you don't turn up, it, it is unfortunately seen as a no-show. Oh, we'll- wow. So they were willing even though she was technically 30 to 45 minutes late, they were still willing we to. They were still willing. Like, of course, yeah. we're always willing because depending on the day, if we if we couldn't, we would, have, we would have still been able to get her on the phone, a normal typical client, and been able to work something out. Whether it was a misunderstanding, it happens, but we would have been able to filter through. So we said, you know, if unfortunately if you don't, if you're not able to come to your appointment, we're going to have to, you, there's going to be a fee charge and this is what the fee would be, which is for the full value of the service that day, which was I think like 360. Um, wow. Um, but we're also, the girls also said in the message, we're also willing to waive it um, if you rebook within seven days because it was yep. now pushing that time. So she just went, she just she didn't even see that we were offering a solution. She just saw that we were going to charge her and she just started saying, you guys are harassing me. Why are you calling me? Um, I won't be able to rebook in seven days because I'm going to Brisbane. She just started chopping and changing her story. And this is where, for me, it gets into that yuck area because that's just not our clientele. And um, we, um, the girls just quickly assessed her and were like, you know, unfortunately we're you know, you're missing what we're trying to say to you. We're willing to waive it for you if you just simply rebook within seven days. But we're even willing to waive it when you get back from Brisbane. She wasn't hearing at that point, right? So this is... What would be your advice then? Because you have a salon coordinator. So what would be your advice for our listeners that don't have a salon coordinator? Whether it be in the hair or beauty space or any service industry, so it could be them as the owner handling this or it could Again, be one of their staff. Even for us because the girls were still coming to me to get my opinion, at the end of the day we've got scripts for everything. So get yeah, really right. good at having your scripts. And obviously you've got to personalise it to every scenario. So we've got everything down pat. We know our policies, we know our procedure. In this case it was a little bit weird because it was like, you know, she was like starting to accuse us of harassing her 
And then in her previous message, like we've got everything in text and this is why when a client goes rogue and don't be scared at this point, I was like, I really don't care if she goes and blasts us and gives us a negative review because we've got everything documented. Mm. And what happened, she went straight away to Google. She went straight away to what was that thing on Facebook, bad business experience. Yeah. You know, and I didn't even realise up until the end I had like four or five people texting me going, yo, have you seen this, have you seen this? You know, lucky for me, I've got, you know, the right people in the right places. We've got a PR girl that was like, let's just sit on it and see what happens. Because what happened is it was shocking to me. That's why I was like, don't be afraid what happens. Because as long as you've checked all your boxes and you've ticked everything off, in this group, it was over 200 comments and 98% of the comments were backing us. Because she was changing her story, kept editing. She wasn't making sense. And, you know, people are smart now in social media. Look at what's happening to celebrities, for God's sakes. People are getting caught out. I mean, it's like no one can say anything because everyone's so opinionated about everything. But that's why I say have everything documented. And even in the group, even in this, you know, if you're going to bash a business, back up your claims. Where are your screenshots? Show us. Yeah. And this yeah. is where she backed off. And, you know, even once I even told you, I didn't even ask you to go in there and have our back. But people just had a back, whether it was previous, you know, um, it was really lovely to see. It was like previous clients. Oh, I just don't agree. I just don't agree with bashing businesses without. And, you know, it was, I don't think it, I think the group did the job. Um, and I kind of laughed mm. because it gives you attention. Maybe not necessary for the reasons that you asked for, but it's interesting. Well, it's funny it because someone reason. in the comment was saying, I hope this business gets great <laughs> PR from this because at the end of the day, that's what I say. Honestly, if I, you know, maybe it would have happened when I was younger where I, and I've had situations happen with younger girls. I don't know if I ever told you this when I was, um, you know, building, I was in the, th- I was bottlenecking because I was doing marketing I was doing salon coordinating when I was doing everything and I was on the floor and you're you know you're on the floor and you have to get back to people and I I remember there was this young girl who um had to cancel because she um had a specialist appointment come through and I tried to enforce policy and she just went again because they only see their side they don't see it they're like their time is more important and also what clients see and this is what we used to always get but I spend so much money or you're trying to make money from me. And it's like no one's trying to make money. We just don't want to lose in business. Yeah. Because now so we're paying for someone to stand there and you can't fill that spot at the last minute. You can't fill that spot in the last minute. And not only that, how do I know what I know now? Even if I was on my own, at the end of the day, like I said, imagine it from the stylist point of view who's hired someone to look after their, you know, their kid, childcare. There's so many different layers to it. There's bills. There's, you know, we're just trying to, you know, the way that you explained it in the message, it's, it covers loss of business. And it doesn't even cover, like, it. you'd rather the client in the chair than not and charge their credit card. 100%. But this is what happened with this young girl, and we had a little bit of a falling out, right? She went off to another stalkers. Thank God that was one of our stalkers, that stalkers backed us up. And this is where I pledge to the industry, we all have to stick together. We mm. all have to make a stance. What do you mean by that? Well, we all have to implement this. That's why. So what you're saying is like everyone needs to get behind having some form of rules in place. Mm. Well, where are they going to go if everyone follows this process and system? Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a big call, right? You know, because I, I dare say that there's plenty of salons out there that don't necessarily have 
policies in place. And when, like I've had those conversations with some of my clients as well, and I, I guess I relate it to uh, maybe the hotel industry. So there is no way a hotel will take a booking unwittingly from someone without some basic Oh, that's income. right, and it happens in. And a credit card, whether or not they put a deposit down on it or they just hold it, you have to have a credit card and on now, file. In restaurants, you can't get away with that. In restaurants, you can't get away. So it's like it's no. It's no to difference. me. It's no different. I don't. I. I don't want to get into a debate around holding credit card information because I will come at it from a a security perspective. That, um, and I learnt this the hard way. Mm-hmm. And it's pro- maybe I will just touch on this really quickly. Be mindful of where you hold credit card information because it's not difficult for the owner of that credit card or debit card to go to their bank and say, I did not authorize that charge, mm-hmm. reverse it. 100%. So, so unless, and so the only way you can definitely get away, when I say get away with it, I'm talking about mm-hmm. it positively, by the way, that you can freely access that um, card to charge That's is right. if it's held on the point of sale the system. Of, and, and, and they've signed you up. And your, and they've signed off on it. And that could be a Stripe link or another payment link where the client is in advance authorizing That's future right. payment. But if you like take a credit card over the phone and write those details down, I'm like, that's a big, that's big like, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that at all. And let me just so, go back to this girl, this young girl. She was only in her 20s. And when it happened, she was one of my OG girls from the from the very beginning and she went to one of my stockers. Lucky my stockers had my back. But this is what I didn't even blame her in the end. I felt shit about it. I was like, this is where I need to get my shit together. I need yeah. a policy. That was the pinnacle turning point where I was like, this is not on her, this is on me. And I waited like three months. I had to work. I had to learn about the policies. I went and did some more courses. I learned about it and I actually reached out to her and apologised and said, hey, can we have a phone call? And we did. And once we had that phone call, we were good. And she's yeah. like, yo, thank you so much for explaining. And she ended up coming back. She ended up coming back to me and to my stockers. And now we're still great. I mean, she's moved interstate, but she still messages me. We got back on track because I was able to rectify it and communicate it and understand it. And any normal, you know, solid business, and that's what you've even said in the messages, like there's no red flags here. Even with this particular client, after shit went down and she gave us a bad review, I still picked up the phone the next day and was trying to rectify it. I still gave her the opportunity and I said, hey, it's Yvanka. Um, I'm just following up. Can we please jump on a call and have a chat? Try and what happened? her. She blocked us. Of course, yeah. And that, But that's me clearing my conscience because at the yeah. end of the day when everyone's in emotion and everyone's, you know, upset, I will still always be that bigger person to be like, because it's like with feedback, it's the same thing when people are, you know, clients are snapping at you or saying something, you need to differentiate what what's going on, if it's a personal attack or if it's just something that they're going through. Same as with cancellation policies, like if shit goes sideways and there's they're not able to hear, because imagine what they're going through. I mean, like for this girl, I don't think, you know, it was something so serious, I could be wrong. You just don't know what this person's going through. I could be. What about? I'm going to throw one. I'll throw one out there because I feel like it's really relevant given the economy at the moment. What about it could be as as um, simple as they literally don't have the money to pay for their service today? 
because an unexpected bill has come up, interest rates have gone up, their mortgage rates gone up, whatever it is, the car's broken down and they've got to, you know, put that money that they had aside for their hair or their beauty service and what would you do in that case? Like, you know, and it's that awkward conversation around money. Because when I look at it as a business and I look at now into consideration, you know, our bills and our overheads and our debt, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Because mm. as a business, you're willing to take that risk and get in debt. Like with, with us, we've had massive growth. We've invested. Now we're in debt again, you know. So when you look at it like that, again, it's not personal because we're all in debt. We're all just trying to get ahead. But you you can't go backwards in business and put yourself last just because yeah. someone else is in the shit. Yeah. You can have a, you know, that's why with the right client, I'm always willing. And there's been times with the right client because we trust our clients and we've built that trust and respect. And this is where it comes down to just trusting your gut, building, building the relationship. And I've savored so many relationships and I've picked up the phone. I'll be like, and I found that what's going on. And I'll be like, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a payment plan for you. Yeah. Come in and have your service. You'd rather them in the chair. Rather them in the chair. Yeah. As long because as you're going to charge them anyway. And then that's going to pre- prevent. Whatever present- it is. Nine yeah. out of ten times, I can save that relationship or that scenario just by picking up the phone, whether it's myself, whether it's Tegan. Obviously, everything is still run by me, but my girls are now trained in it as well. If I'm not here, I completely trust their judgment, but they know my exception to the rule and they know which client we can do that with. Of course, yeah, because I think about things like clients that don't have credit cards as an example and let's say that unexpected bill and that there's that comes up and they've exhausted their funds in their bank account and the salon will go and charge it and then it declines anyway. So I'm thinking about all those scenarios going, that's probably going to happen. Mm. So, but I think you've made a key point to go try and navigate before you get to that end result. Um, Because if you're sending out booking confirmations at least 48 hours in advance, you've got a 24-hour cancellation policy, then if they haven't confirmed, whether that be an automated service or you're texting them off a cell or mobile or whatever, like navigate the issue before it becomes a problem on the day. Hundred percent is probably what the under the key message to this is. Because on the day, if they don't have a credit card, they've exhausted funds in their bank account, you're trying to direct debit, you're gonna be you're going to be as the salon owner you're going to be the one that's left short. Mm. And now with this system with Forest, you know when they make a booking, you have, you know, the credit card which they sign off on as well that if they don't comply with the, with the terms and policies that yes. you can. Like they're fully aware whether they read it or not. Is, yeah. You know, that's why in our replies you can see T's and C's and you click on it and it clearly states on there why we've taken their credit card and what's going to be charged. So I feel like, that there is a gray area we've only ever had to enforce it maybe two or three times and to be fair when you're playing in the field of what we're playing with with that high ticket clientele that's why I say you know the dream clientele it very rarely happens because most of our clients understand and they're like please sure. just charge my credit card you know if I Let's miss see. if I miss okay. one of my appointments for you know buy, I do the same so it's kind of like what you do for other businesses is also the type of clientele that you're going to attract. So you kind of got to help yourself though, right? I'm really passionate about this. If you don't want this shit to happen, develop the system to remind, because everyone is busy in life, develop a system to remind your clients of their future appointments. Say nothing, expect 
the worst to happen. Mm-hmm. And have- there are plenty of salons out there right now that don't have any booking confirmation uh, in place mm. to remind clients. So, you know, their appointments could have been booked three or four months in advance showing up. And then like you're sitting there going, well, how come Mary hasn't showed up for her appointment? And you don't have any system in place to navigate this. I want to flip to something else while we're talking about cancellation policies and charging credit cards for no-shows. Booking deposits. Mm-hmm. Booking deposits, non-refundable booking fees. We have different terminologies. I think they all pretty much mean the same thing. A client makes a booking today for a future appointment and you either are or aren't collecting a deposit. So a deposit is technically supposed to be refundable. <clears throat> That's why the terminology booking fee is non-refundable. Is non-refundable booking so- fee where a deposit Legally, Legally, you're supposed to. We had to get a lawyer involved in this. That's why in our consultation process, we have changed the terminology and it's just under booking fee. And And I think most salons, right, they want it to be non-refundable, correct? Correct. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, you know, maybe they they don't care. Here's the thing. Again, not cut and dry. But with us, if, you know, if they're booking for a consultation, it's non-refundable because it's still our time. You know, consultations take anywhere from 20 minutes to half an hour, maybe a bit more. So it's still time. That's why it's not refundable. But we charge for a consult as well. We charge for a consult. We never used to in the beginning, but, again, the more in-depth we, we got and also it just filtered out the ones that weren't serious about it. And now we're just so busy. We sometimes have four consults a week that we had to implement it, mm-hmm. right? So with us, um, again, because it's my hair and we don't offer any other services, if a client comes in um, and they come in for that uh, consultation, it's non-refundable. But if they pay a booking fee for their hair and they, for some reason, call up, you know, in in a few days and say, I'm so sorry, I've changed my mind. My tire's blown. I've got to pay this. I've got to do this. Me, as because I own the extensions, I can make that call and I just refund it. Got it. Because okay. I can't transfer that service over. But if I yeah. had a salon where I had other services, meaning where we're only an extension specialist salon, we don't just take colour clients. But if I had colour service or any other service, I'd be like, you can transfer that and to another to another or service. Booking. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you can't afford it today or you know, something's come up, but we'll hold that deposit for a future booking. So this really relates to no matter what service industry you're in, because I know like the cost to a business to refund, particularly when you're using Mm -hmm. um, industry-based software programs, they do charge that, you know, you've got that in-out function, so you're better to hold it. But I think the framework is really important here on how you're charging this it's a non-refundable booking fee as opposed to deposit and that's why even for color you know we urge anyone who's even just doing color color appointments honestly this just alleviates the drama the stress the misconfusion by having it simply in a consultation form they sign off on it and then you just recap on it is it important that they sign off on it absolutely if it's not signed it's not legally binding interesting so well that's what that's what our lawyer said and once they sign off on it um even for us I just had to retweak it because we had a lawyer come in not that long ago because 
with our process before, we would get them to fill out the consultation form when they were here and it would just take 20 minutes. Plus, then we had to consult them for an extra 20 minutes because now it's quite lengthy. We had to merge two forms together. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did, we've sent it out. And it was funny because a lawyer brought it to my attention. See, we're not perfect either. And she's like, you can't get people because we were getting them to sign off it so that we could have access to it so we could review it when they came in <clears throat> to have their consultation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when they sign off on it for us to get, because in Forest, just once they sign off on it, it says you have signed off, but we haven't fully done the consultation or give them, given them the quote, but they were signing off on it. In advance. In advance. So, and a lawyer brought, brought it to our attention. She wasn't rude about it. She said, hey, I don't think this is legal what you're doing. <clears throat> and we just emailed her back and said, thank you so much. We're going to get our lawyer to look at it. And so he added an ex- expert excerpt from our policy which is on our website that now covers that so it's not binding until they come in it's part of our process our consultation process to gather gather information so even if they're booking a consult online Mm -hmm. surrendering a card to charge for that non-refundable booking deposit Mm -hmm. if you're missing if they haven't stepped foot into your salon and physically signed the policies That's and procedures, right. what you're basically saying is it it's null and void. It's null and void have, until they come in. I get that. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's because a you, bit of a grey area. Okay, because you're actually, you're getting them to sign the credit card over with what your policy is without defining the policy for them to sign off in Correct. the first and place. Correct, and we're not even giving, we weren't even giving them a quote for them to approve, approve it in the first place. Interesting. <clears throat> so we just, this came up in the last month. So. Um, so what have you, how have you navigated that? You've put something in your online booking form. So now it's in our consultation form. It's an ex. That's actually more important than anything, isn't it? Because that's what unravels this. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and, and I don't even think our industry systems have been set up to cover salon owners in this case. 100%. Hmm. hmm. But part of our course with our extension course, that's why, one, you know, day one is heavily into practical and day two is really the business marketing and mindset and policies and procedures. I really, really bring this one home and I'm always following up in our stockers and you've seen what's happened firsthand. I mean, again, it's a whole nother episode, but what's happened when people don't follow the policy and it backfires. It really really backfires. So I reckon really the the takeaway, because we're probably going to wrap it up now, we thought it wasn't so boring, was it? And to my point at the beginning of this podcast about things just happen in life, I do have a cat meowing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you were talking about really the essential thing is to make sure like ever, don't rely on what's provided in your systems by the industry software programs that you're following. 100%. Really read and understand what it is that you're getting your clients to sign off on That's right. and make sure it's a legal framework for your business. Yes, but the undercurrent, and I speak from that artist who struggled, you know, that's why I'm coming at it and I know it's going to be a sensitive touch point, but it is really dig a little deeper and ask yourself where it's really coming from. Yeah. That, yeah. Because like I say, you can have the tangible tools and tactics to be able to pull this off, but it really is that emotional discounting, that emotional blockages that's holding hair like I feel like salon owners or even like single operators from you know them thinking oh they're they're too small they're not a business they're a hobbyist 
Like it really is. It is a business and please take it seriously because the minute that you do, everyone else will. And that's, that is the change in the business. Part of the major, major transformation that I'm fighting for stylists is you will feel that respect. You will earn that respect. And then guess what? You get to show up and you're not coming at it from a resentful way or you're not having to have those uncomfortable conversations all the time because you've been able to articulate the system or you've been able to articulate what you're trying to implement from the systems and processes. And that's what we're here to help, you know, whether they come and do my program or whether, you know, they sign up because this is really what you do. You help salon owners implement this. If they're not comfortable implementing it, this is where you really hold their hand and help them implement it because a lot of them don't know where to start. It's client nurturing. So in the wrap-up, one, review your policies and procedures if you don't have something. Now is the best time to do it coming into the busy season unless you are you can afford to have downtime in your business because that was the other report I was thinking about mm. um, which we've spoken about before is the productivity one so against discount reason and cancellation no show policy there'll be another report in your point of sale system called um, productivity so that is your booked out time versus your non-booked out time. Mm. Have a look at that one as well. So if you're comfortable not having any policies and procedures in place, go right ahead. But for those that really want to streamline this and not have, because to me, this is an awkward conversation, not too dissimilar to talking about tax with your accountant, right? No one wants to talk about it, but it's, it's a thing. It has to happen. So, you know, implement something in your business to safeguard you against this downtime. Um, and that's right. And don't worry about yeah. your clients. Your clients love you no matter what. They want to see you grow. They want and to see it's only a problem if it's going to be a problem on the day. That's Otherwise, no one challenges it because it's like, well, it doesn't affect me because I intend to show up to my appointment anyway. And even if they do, don't be scared. They're going to leave a bad review, but you've got all your ducks in a row. You know how to respond, or you can learn how to respond as well. Check out our reviews, how we respond. I was also learning from Telstra, and that's the thing. If someone is going to respond. Don't come at it from an emotional point of view. Just give facts. And I was taught to always respond for the reader, for someone that's reading it. Because what? But what? So yeah. that 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 you've already probably lost the person that's already pissed off. Very rarely yeah. you're going to get them back anyway. But you always offer a solution. Take it offline. And as well, so if someone else is reading the responses, they're reading how you responded. That that I want to see a slinging match between you said, she said, this said. I said, keep it very factual. You can make your case without carrying on like a pork chop. It's my favourite term, isn't it? Carrying on like a pork chop. Um, and be very um, be very professional. Keep it offline. Offer them to, to get in touch with management. Um, leave your details in there and that's how you sign off on it. And then I'm going to come in and say, but make sure if you're going to hold credit card details on file, one, they're in secure place. So your clients have authorized this through a payment link and not you writing it down on a piece of paper and putting it into your point sure. of sale. And two, if you are going to execute any sort of cancellation, uh, non-refundable booking fee, booking deposit, whatever you want to call it, make sure your policies are known on your website. So they're visible for anyone to be able to review. Because I do know from a legal perspective, if you can't see them, you can't use them. That's right. 
we can't enforce it. Exactly. So that it's is really been amazing. I feel like we've really hit home with a few. It wasn't so bland. It wasn't so bland, right? But I think our ne- next podcast, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into knowing your numbers and elaborate on that note. But how amazing. We thank everyone for listening. We will uh, drop some some things in the show notes for you guys to have a look at with our policies and procedures. We might, I might... Yeah, that would be amazing to share that. As well. Yeah, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Have a good day. Okay, thank you.